folks. Welcome back. It is Monday, August 24th, and typically we'd be in the dog days of this summer MLB season. There would be no other sports going on. NFL would be starting up their preseason. College football would be on the fringe, but instead it is Sportsapalooza. There's March Madness in the form of NHL and NBA playoffs right now, but we are stuck in the 60 days of summer, so they are not the dog days of summer. These are the 60 days of summer. I'm your host, Maniac. Joined by, as always, cons of pros and cons. And this time, a special guest. You've seen him on Crossing Swords. You've seen him on Train Art tonight. You've seen him all over the board. Ty B in the building. The Toronto Blue Jays OG himself, along there with, with uh, Cowboy Hova. How are we doing tonight, Ty B? Oh, absolutely great. Went to Brightsmith today. Got a great meal and great couple of drinks. I'm ready to talk baseball. I love what I've seen from my Jays this year. There's just so much to talk about in the baseball world. It's, it's keeping us going right now. Obviously, we got playoffs in the NBA and NHL, but as we're getting less games there, we got tons and tons of heat coming from the baseball diamond right now. Cons, where are we at, pal? So exciting. Uh, just It's so dramatic. Like Every week, some team emerges with some dramatic thing, even like the Blue Jays, and we'll get into it later, just the dramatic finishes this team has had and the expectations, how everyone's just like freaking out about it. But it's just nothing short of, you know, like exciting for baseball right now. And I think it's because of the shortened season. But wow, I've just been thoroughly impressed by every team, even if even like the Mariners. That's a great that's a great point. The drama has been turned up. We knew going into the season that every game was going to essentially be about 2.8 games or so because yep. of the way the math worked right. out. But what we didn't count on was the drama from each game being 2.8 times amped up, whether you had the play at the plate Sunday night or you have, you know, it being not acceptable to hit a 3-0 grand slam. I mean, what world – we saw a 3-0 grand slam this, this year already. Or, no, a three-run home run. I'm sorry. But I digress. I digress. On 60 Days of Summer, we take a look at all the MLB storylines throughout the diamond and outside it as well from the fan perspective. Sponsored by Positive Electric, 716-698-2711. Any commercial, residential, electrical projects, or even if you have a question, commercial or residential electrical projects, Pazda Electric is your go-to, 716-698-2711. So baseball in Buffalo is still going on, but leading off, what surprised you guys this most this week? What storyline are you looking forward to tracking? Let's start it off with cons. Yeah, so we talked earlier, uh, you know, when we started this about the Oakland A's. Watch out for the Oakland A's. Watch out for the Oakland A's. And we were kind of like, yeah, we'll see where they are. But they're the first team in the AL to 20 wins this season. And Matt Chapman, three home runs in his past four games, 15 extra base hits, including seven home runs, and 18 RBIs in his last 15 games. I mean, that's impressive. And the most impressive thing that's well, the thing that surprises me about this team is they're not just doing it, they're dominating. And they're playing the Rangers and the Astros coming up in back-to-back -back series. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what else we see from this team. But I am just thoroughly impressed from top to bottom with this team, especially Matt Chapman. Yeah, I think for yeah, I think for me, cons, it's gotta be the Blue Jays, but for their power. No one expected this power early on. They're tied for the fourth most home runs in the league there with the Yankees, only trailing the Dodgers, White Sox, and Padres, teams that have absolute mashers on their rosters. Obviously, you sort of expect it from guys like Vladdy and Rowdy, but those aren't the guys who are necessarily doing it. You're getting it from all over. Teoscar Hernandez is on absolute fire right now, mashing the ball. The same thing, Randall Gritchuk, he's, you know, slowed down a little bit, but he's caught right back up. He's hitting the ball very well. And these aren't just 
you know, get right over the fence home runs. It's, you're playing in a minor league diamond. We're seeing these guys hit 450, 460 foot home runs, just absolutely clearing the fences. And if this is, you know, anything like we're going to see from the rest of the season for the Blue Jays, it's going to be a very exciting last month of the season. Most definitely. It is going to be a sprint. There is no uh, marathon in this season with the 60 days of summer. One thing I got to say is what a time to be a California baseball fan. I get it. The San Francisco Giants have had some success the last 10 years, but Dodgers have been consistently good the last few years. You have a strong start this year for the A's. And then, of course, you have the Los Angeles Dodgers. Speaking of exceeding expectations, everyone knew the Dodgers were going to be a team to be feared this year, but I don't think anyone saw them winning 22 of their first 30 games. Very impressive start for them. But with that said, Cons, your, your least favorite team in the MLB, holding the state of California back, the Los Angeles Angels. Real quick before we get into more Buffalo Blue Jays talk, what, what's going on with this guy? Can they ever be good with Mike Trout? He's, he's not, playing out of his mind. It's not even so much Mike Trout. It's the fact that I was so fired up for Anthony Randone, like, and he is producing. It's just they can't, they can't get it together. You know, you think you get, you get Joe Madden in there, you're like, okay, perfect. Trout's got a manager. And then, you know, Otani's there. You know, he's the two-way ball player. And then Otani, just his arm just dies. You know, yep. it's just gone. So then you lose that. But it's like, what is wrong with this team? I had a six-team parlay that I bet. And I just needed the Angels to win and beat the Giants for $700. And what happened? <laughs> yeah, wounded duck. Exactly what happened. They're my least favorite team right now. Sorry, Mike Trout. You're one of my favorite players. Your team sticks. Tale as old as time on that one. Tybee, you got any diagnosis for the LA Angels? Yeah, I, I think Hans is kind of hitting the nail on the head right there. You're just not getting complete ball games from them. They're blowing late leads. Um, sometimes the starters are just blowing it before you even get a chance. Uh, it, it's a little bit of everything for them right now. I think, you know, this short season might be what they need going into next year where you get that cohesiveness in this short span of time. It might not all come together right now, but, you know, you just continue to mix it and slowly cook it up for next season and you get all your, you know, your eggs in a, in a row and you, you prepare for next season. I just don't think, you know, they're going to be able to do it this year. I don't, I don't see a way they're going to be able to get over the hump. They're going to have to, you know, <laughs> go on an absolute crazy run, which, you know, the, the Nationals did last year, but you don't have that time this year. More teams in the playoffs, but still, I don't see it happening. Yeah, that would be a crazy run to make up even in 60 games, but much less half of 60 days of summer. And speaking of 60 days of summer, obviously, I mean, again, talking about the LA Angels, one of three teams besides the Cardinals with only single-digit wins right now. Speaking of this 60 days of summer, speaking of the unique season, for the first time in 100 years, obviously, again, baseball, Major League Baseball in Buffalo, in the form of the Buffalo Blue Jays. So they got hot last week, gents. Unfortunately, uh, dropped the series this past weekend. Lost uh, Saturday and Sunday. But as we record this right now on 824, shout out Kobe Bryant. Uh, it is 5-3, Blue Jays in the top of the fifth, or sorry, top of the eighth, courtesy of a big late inning bomb by yep. Randall Grichuk. So where are we at with this squad, guys? I mean, I I'm, I'm falling in love. I mean, that's what I've decided. It's just that I get so much exposure to them. It's like, you know, we have to work together in that we're covering the games and everything. And, you know, I see their faults, and I want them to become better. I want them to progress. And I know that what they do, I mean, if you get those starts from you, if you can get Pearson back in a serviceable mode, I feel like they could really make some noise. And one person who I know obviously agrees is Ty B, so I'll let him tee this one off. 
Yeah, seriously, you're getting contributions from all over that lineup. Even at, you know, certain times, you're getting some stuff out of Santiago Espinal now having to step in for Bo Bichette. He had a span of a couple extra base hits in a row for uh, a couple games. So, you know, guys are putting things together. You look at um, even that bullpen, you're starting to slowly put things together there. I think, you know, with Julian Merriweather coming up out of nowhere. Love, love uh, Merriweather. Love Merriweather. Yeah, like basically two straight seasons. He's been battling injuries since we were able to get him back from the Donaldson deal uh, from those Indians. I think, you know, he's finally finding his game. And obviously a young person or an older rookie, if you will, he's 28 years old. But he's making the best of it right now. I like what he's got. Anthony Bass is a guy who hasn't had a ton of success in this league, but it seems like right now he's doing a good enough job. He's got to stay loose. He's just, our guy Bass has just got to stay loose. Love what I'm seeing out of that bullpen. Yes. Cole, Merriweather, Dolus, and – uh, phenomenal. Yeah, these guys have looked uh, – yeah, And Bass, obviously, we saw him blow the save, unfortunately, but and, – And Romano has been absolutely – Romano's been really out. good. Anthony K hasn't been bad either, guys. You know? No, no. And he's a guy, like, yeah. uh, you brought this up about him probably being getting into the starting rotation. I, I like that for his future. I just don't think the team wants to throw him into that situation right now. I think that's why you went out and got those, you know, older veteran arms in uh, Tanner Roar, Ken Jin Ryu, Chase Anderson, guys who have some experience. Chase Anderson's a guy who's only had one losing se- season um, to his credit. I believe uh, – 12 and four in 2018 with like a two, four, seven ERA. So he's a guy who can do some things if, you know, he gets healthy and the way the blue Jays are hitting, if you can get some early leads for these guys, because it seems like, you know, they're getting out there, they're getting hit a little bit early. Uh, you've seen bro get behind early and he, he seems to like pitching with guys in, in scoring position for Roark whatever reason. loves just being in as much danger as – he doesn't feel good unless he's going for the stretch one and two – or first and second, like probably in a 2-0 count is when he finally gets – Seriously. And, and I, I think that's at least good to bring that in with the amount of young guys you have. It's a lot younger when you look at it in the field and in your batting lineup. I believe it's the second youngest. But the pitching uh, rotation, because you bring in those veteran arms, the average age goes way up. But you have a lot of guys who don't have a ton of experience. So having those guys to lean on, especially Ryu after that phenomenal season last year for the Dodgers, I think you can learn a lot. And you see, if you've watched any of these games, these guys are picking their brains constantly when they're not pitching. They're sitting there. They're always constantly talking. And you see them messing with grips. And that's something you'd love to see. This team seems like they're really coming together. And their love for the extra innings seems to really really shine because they're behind each other at all times. Yeah, they've been they've been in the trenches basically from the get go. Whether it was three and a half weeks on the road to start the season, or all these extra inning games recently, where you know you tend to grow up a little bit quicker in those tense situations versus the typical dog days of summer. It was the uh, pitching that kind of got them through that start of the season. But even with Bichette out of the lineup, I can't tell whether it's an improved approach at the plate across the board for the team, or if it's just more timely hitting, what are you seeing on the offensive side cons out of these blue Jays? I mean, I think, I think we don't, we saw them in the beginning kind of clench a little bit, you know, when the full court press was on and extra innings and, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. But I think you're right about the approach at the plate. And, um, you know, I think the first week we were like, what is he swinging at? What is he looking at? And I think these teams needed to get settled in. We knew that was going to happen. Yep. And I think with this team, you know, they've got, they've got veterans on the squad, but you got to remember these guys are young guys 
And I think that it's nice that Gritchick has, has come on strong, or as we call him, Gritchy Poo. You might see us tweet that every oh, now and then. Yeah. He's most definitely Gritchy <laughs> um, Poo right now, for sure. I think when you see a guy like him stepping up to the plate every night, or you see guys like Shaw stepping up to the plate, um, you know, Boba shuts out, there's guys stepping up. I, I, you know, the one guy I want to commend is to you, not your Oscar, my Oscar, but <laughs> Tay bless Oscar. you, Tay Oscar. Um, <laughs> He's just, he's just seeing the ball just so well at the plate, his approach. You know, there's times you look at him and you're like, what are you swinging at? But then he comes up the next plate and that pitch he missed is over the fence. Yep. I mean, he just adjusts so well and it's unbelievable to see. So, you know, I'd say offensively, I think the veterans have kind of laid that foundation and you're seeing guys like Kevin Biggio starting to find the gap. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's an exciting thing to see them start to kind of gel at the right time. So yep. hopefully they can continue this, but, you know, we have to remember how young this lineup still is. Yeah, so. it, it really it really did feel like they were pressing early on in those games. But now that they've found a home, if you will, they have a spot to lay their head and set their belongings a little bit. You have that comfortability now, I believe, uh, at least to some degree. So that has really, really mm -hmm. spurred this offensive streak you go on. I think that took a lot of pressure off of them, those guys, especially the younger guys who've had experience there in Buffalo. They've played mm -hmm. there a lot. So, you know, that gives them that extra, extra little, that boost that they've sort of been looking for, that pressure that you feel early on in the season, especially in the 60 games. It's like we got to come out of the gate and firing on all cylinders, but they were moving around so much. But now they got their feet down and they're, they're going to be pushing. They're right there for the wild card right now. I'm, I'm very excited. And one other thing I wanted to add too, not to kind of carry on here, but I am just so impressed with, uh, with Danny Jansen. I am so impressed with how much he's grown over the season. Just the first week I was like, man, I don't know if this is the guy, but I, just the way he's controlled the staff with how many guys have gone out, how many guys have come in, pitch location. I talked about this with my problem with Reese McGuire. I don't dislike Reese McGuire. I joke around about it. But <laughs> when you want a guy to hit a spot and he's missing like way up, put your glove lower. Jansen's got control of this staff now and it's starting to show. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited for him. He might be one of my favorite catchers right now. And I didn't even go into the season with any expectations. You know, I'm a huge Buster Posey fan, not saying he's Buster Posey, but really liking his growth this year. And I think he's just going to be one of the best catchers moving forward in the AL East as, as time goes on. So wanted to give a shout out to him and how he's played. Hey, facts. Shout out to them. And I mean, besides his recent struggles, he's had about a, a tough last week and a half, even though he was the hero in the eight, nothing comeback. Rowdy T, powering through that homestand that we were there. He's looked very comfortable as well. He's added a couple circles out in the parking lot. So it will be very interesting to see where these Buffalo Blue Jays go. And we are right now they're at the bottom of the eighth. Our guy Dolison, I'm working on a full count to the opening batter. But uh, the standings. So the Blue Jays for the first time, or well, they got above 500. Now they're, now they're back to 500 uh, in a very competitive AL East, where the Baltimore Orioles are 14 and 14, the Yankees are 16 and 9, and the Tampa Bay Rays are leading the pack at 19 10. That's their first, the AL East of the standing shuffle. Besides what you're seeing in the Blue Jays division and, you know, the obvious implications there, what else is surprising uh, either of you in the AL? Uh, let's start with Ty B. Um, I I don't know if this is really surprising or not, but this is just the one trend you're really seeing right now is the top teams in each of these divisions are really, really starting to beat up on those bottom teams. I think they're really, there's a huge difference between them when you look at teams like the Royals and the Tigers uh, versus the Indians or the Twins. Like 
they're absolute mismatches and they're getting absolutely shellacked by these teams. You had the Indians, you know, winning 20 in a row against the Tigers until the other day, unfortunately for me, uh, the one day I bet on the Indians. It Um, always happens like that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, these teams at the bottom of the divisions, even the Red Sox, like they're (laughs) – They've been really, really struggling too. So I think you're just really seeing the cream, the cream rise to the top here. And I don't know, like there's not anything too surprising out of it. I think the teams you expected to be performing well in those other divisions besides the East really are. And it's sort of all coming together the way I've kind of figured it would. What about you, Cons? Yeah, so I think Ty B brings up a really good point about he, he mentioned the Central and – um, it's crazy to see uh, one game this past week. Uh, the White Hawks, White White Hawks, the White Sox. <laughs> the White Hawks. You're thinking of Hawk Harrelson. Yes, the White Sox had back to back to back to back home runs in one inning. Um, the, the Cleveland Indians pitching staff is like out of nowhere, just keeping the team in games. Not to mention Fran Mill Reyes in that Indians lineup is smoking the cover off the ball. So. You can say what you want about they're going to trade this guy. The, the Indians are in this too. So the way I look at it with the AL Central, that surprised me. It's like a magic eight ball. I said this before. You shake it, you shake it, and the team goes, better luck next year when they look at it. Yeah. So Right, right now with the Indians, second yeah. lowest ERA and second lowest batting average. It's unbelievable right. how the staff is saving them. And the Twins are playing good baseball, no doubt about it. It's their division to lose. But, like, let's, there's two other teams there that are going to be – you know, there's going to be haymakers down the wire for this division. And I think that's crazy because we thought the Central was going to be like just the Twins. They're going to run away with it. But, like, let's face it, there's two other teams in that division. They're, they're going to beat up on each other to get that. I wouldn't be surprised if the Central had an extra team in the playoffs. Just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not ready to hang my hat on it, but, you know, I think that's been surprising for me is the Central's just been exciting to watch. Even the Tigers. You know, they're not that great this season, but that's another team that's going to beat up on you. So I, I love how in the Central and the West, there's not one team with a single-digit run differential for yeah. uh, the over. So, yeah, it's like you yeah. guys had feast or famine. And then yeah. in the other divisions, there's at least one or two. So very interesting to see. Uh, the AL is kind of all over the place outside of that AL East. So it's a jungle out there. Be careful what you wish for. Shifting over to the National League side of things. Uh, and the thing that stuck out to me most is that the NL East is still kind of up for grabs, uh, despite the Mets' early struggles, the fact that the Phillies feel like they've struggled the whole season. Uh, they got four games separating first yeah. and last. So that's an intense race that I'm going to have my eyes on. Let's go, uh, Uno, reverse, reverse. Let's go cons first for the National League. What's surprising you and what are you looking at there? Yeah, so I'm never calling the city of San Diego San Diego anymore. It's now Slam Diego. Uh, It's cliche to say, but seven wins, five grand slams, they're on fire. And it's not even just, you know, my obsession with Fernando Tatis Jr. But let's think about this. Machado hits a grand slam. Will Myers hits a grand slam. Tatis hits a grand slam. Hosmer, Eric Hosmer hits a grand slam. I mean, this this team is so exciting to watch. And – In the Astros, you know, that catch by Tatis Jr. the other day was unbelievable. First off, he's wearing the Macho Man Randy Savage glasses, okay? Yeah, yeah. how does he wear those things? Honestly, when I see him at the bob up there, I'm like, don't they get, like, just, like, Like, low quality and, like, blurry? Just, like, bombs. Just this ball looks like it's going in the gap, and he just jumps and he catches it. And I think it was, was it uh, Bregman or was it Springer? Just looks up and goes, are you kidding me? Like, that would happen. There's nothing you could do on that. It's a great play. So, you know, this team is so electrifying, okay, that 
you know, this is a team, like I mentioned before, that if this late game was on, I'm going, nah, no thanks. I don't really want to watch them. They're boring to watch. But we're so far removed from the Adrian Gonzalez days that I'm so excited to watch them. Machado, Hosmer, Myers. I mean, this team is built maybe not for this year. Very exciting to watch, but I'm excited to see them in the, uh, in the NL West moving forward two, three years from now when the Dodgers finally get their World Series win, hopefully this year, and then we don't talk about them for the rest of the next 10 years. You know, I think it's the Padres in the next two, three years that are going to make that jump to be a contender. And, and you're seeing it. You're seeing, you know, a lot of this. So um, Grand Salami is all over for Slam Diego. Grand Salami is for yeah. Slam Diego. And obviously there is two teams that did not have a good week. They did two teams that did not win a game last week. Both out west. Well, let's start with first with the Colorado Rockies. Talk about a fall from grace. Feels like a day ago they were what eleven and two or something out there. Now they're thirteen and fifteen, absolutely plummeting. Charlie Blackman is only hitting four hundred now. Uh, so, <laughs> just you know, I want to ask you guys because obviously we see how tight things are in the NL East, and there's more teams going into the playoffs this year. Do you think the Rockies can rebound from this? Like, uh, what's, what do you call it? The seesaw start. Obviously, they've basically gone on two streaks to start the season. Do you think the Colorado Rockies can bounce back and get into this expanded playoffs and why? Let's start with a man who has a lot of opinions on the Rockies, and that is Joseph Kahn's. Yeah, so I think, I think the Rockies, um, you know, their pitching staff was kind of a question mark. And in the last episode, we said they were kind of coming on strong. But, you know, with a team like this, you know, you can only ride one hitter for so long. And that's not to say Trevor Story's not hitting or Nolan Arenado's not playing great baseball. That's just saying that in baseball, it's so hard sometimes to have the team firing on all cylinders. So they have yet to find that other aspect of their lineup still. I think it's still kind of taking shape, but the pitching staff has just been up and down. I, I mm-hmm. think that in order for them to be successful moving forward, they really got to sort out that pitching staff or it could spiral out of control fast. Uh, I think offensively, they're great. They're dominant. They can hit the baseball. But on the hill, it's like it can't be like this all the time. It has to be consistent or like on an upward you know, curve. So the way I see them right now is it's like up and down every week. So this might be a team where, you know, this week they might look bad, but next week they're probably the best team in baseball. It's just weird. They're night and day. They're Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, that's the best way. It's, to it's exactly right because it's either they're going, their starters are either going seven innings, like one earned, or they're going to go three innings, six earned with two right. and four. They like putting crooked numbers up. Tybee, any thoughts on the Rockies? Yeah, you look at them. They have one of the top batting averages in the league there, sitting around 260 as a team. But when you look at their home run numbers, you'd expect them to be up there towards the top obviously because they play so much at home at Coors Field, but they're right there at the league average. So when you think about it, they're probably, you know, generally scoring around league average. If you're letting up more runs than the league average, you're going to lose more than, you know, games than you win. And like, I think that's where you, cons you, you're exactly right about what's wrong with this team right now. You need consistency out of that pitching staff. If you don't have that consistency, especially playing in that ballpark, you're really going to struggle. And almost every team in the MLB is, or in the NL has kind of struggled on the road for the most part. They're really dominating at home, but the Rockies have been back and forth even at home. They're about 500 there. You would like to see that turn around for them because you think they have that big home field advantage at Coors Field, but it's not really paying off for them right now. You want to take advantage of that while you can. You're used to playing at that ballpark. You're used to the way the ball travels there. 
take advantage of it, but your pitchers really need to learn how to keep the ball in the park there and keep the runs down. Feel the expanded storylines that we were talking about, the expanded drama. It feels like this next team has been in the most drama this past week, and they are also now at the bottom of the league as far as run differential goes at minus 46. The other team that did not win last week out west, the Texas Rangers. And my goodness, I mean, should we start on the Grand Slam talk before we get into the losses? I mean, yeah. we won't spend much time <laughs> on it, but it's just absurd. These guys are making millions of dollars. These, these athletes are making thousands of dollars every time they throw a pitch. It, it's a quality game. If you want to swing yep. on 3-0, then you swing on 3-0. Every pitcher who came out vocally the next day was saying, don't get to 3-0. Don't throw a 3 0 meatball is actually the, you know, that's, thing to say that's the mindset you should have if you're a pitcher. Exactly. Because I, could, I get, I I get why it's an unwritten rule, especially it. back in the day when you're, you're specifically only looking at, you know, certain numbers and we're not looking into analytically further into things as we are now. You look at someone who comes in in a bad situation and, you know, they get dinged up. Like the team is already getting killed. Like, you know, you might you know, throw that to the side nowadays when you look at everything, but when you just look at everything in the grand scheme of things back in the day, you don't want those inflated numbers for certain pitchers because every run they give up is costing them money. But you got to think on your own side, if you're the hitter, if you hit that home run and you get that grand slam, that's money in your pocket as well. That's feeding your family. So it's, that's why you hear these pitchers nowadays. you got to come in with that mindset. That's why Trevor Bauer was so behind him and so many of these other guys. Don't get yourself into that situation. Don't go down seven runs because we saw the Blue Jays come back after going down seven runs in the bottom of the, or the top of the first. Things can happen in this game. Baseball is the one sport that doesn't have a time limit. The game is not over until you get 27 outs. Love that thing about the game. Cons, uh, do you ever, Cons, do you ever swing 3-0? Absolutely. Why the heck <laughs> wouldn't you swing 3-0? Here's, here, here's, the thing that, that Give it to me. here's the thing that really makes me mad. Not because I, uh, you know, I stand the Padres. Not because I love the Padres team. But in a sport that's not well-marketed and hasn't been well-marketed in, gosh, I don't know how long, this is the most exciting time for baseball. If Fernando Tatis Jr. wants to swing 3-0 for a grand slam, I'm, I'm all for it. I think anyone's all for it. There was people on Twitter that never watched a baseball game but now watch the Padres. Honestly, I'm a huge Yankee fan. I really am. If you want to go root for the Padres after that, I'm all for it. Welcome to the mm -hmm. baseball bandwagon. But the one thing that really made me mad about that on top of that was the way that the Padres manager handled that. Okay. Tell terrible, Tati, terrible. Tati, I, Tati, I get he was, yeah. I get he was at the Ranger with the Rangers for a few right. years before this, but still, like it just felt like he was trying to, like, oh, those are my friends. Why would you do that to my friends? Like, it's not even that. It's the sole purpose of Tatis is a young player. He's free spirited. He's having a good time. Everything we talk about, we tell kids all the time, have fun. It's a game, right? And that's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. You tell this is what you tell Fernando Tatis. I'm excited for him. I'm happy. We'll discuss this behind closed doors. You never, ever leave it up to the media to tell the narrative. And that's exactly what he did. He did it twice, twice, two times. So you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if when the extension came, there was a little bit of rumblings about this manager possibly being the long-term manager of the Padres. Not saying he's doing a bad job, but you can't lose the locker room right now with stars like Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Hosmer. You can't do it. I was more mad at that than the whole marketing thing. Didn't like the way that went down. Swing 3-0, Fernando Tatis. Keep the households knowing your name. Let's put this, let's put this sport on the map for, for once and for all.
I love the guy's talent, but I don't know if psychologically there's a tougher guy to manage emotionally than Manny Machado. Oh Honestly, I feel like he's just so over. Remember when he threw his helmet at, at the guy because he thought he yeah. tagged him hard? Yeah. It was crazy. He, but he, uh, won, he won NL MVP of the week, by the way. Machado and, did. And the thing is, just while we wrap up this Grand Slam talk, it's obviously passed, yeah. but it was a big topic. So he, didn't, he didn't admire it. He didn't, he didn't dog his way around the bases. Oh. He, spr- he basically sprinted it out. I, I mean, I just could not believe that nonsense. Sounds like you guys are on the same board, so let's not even dedicate another minute to it. But speaking of Tatis Jr., obviously, uh, you know, we've heard Khan's love affair with him uh, as this show goes on. Same with his Bieber fever, which we'll be getting to momentarily. <laughs> but let's start on Ty B. Uh, you know, an individual player, you know, maybe having a surprising season, maybe someone just living up to the expectations. What, uh, what players are sticking out to you and which one are you going to be tracking going forward? I think I really love what Trevor Bauer's doing there in Cincinnati. I think that's a name people kind of forgot about for a little bit here. He's been putting up great numbers there this season. They've sort of struggled. A lot of people thought this was going to be maybe a bounce back year. They added a lot of guys there um, looking to make a little bit of a run there in the uh, NL Central. But, yeah, I, I just think, you know, he's keeping that ERA sub one right now. I think it's like a .68 just one too many outs from the .69. He apologized to the people. Thank, thank you for that apology, Trevor Bauer, and the, and the Joe Kelly cleats. Everything he's doing right now, just bringing so much positive attention to the game of baseball, um, at least in, in the fans' eyes. Um, I love what he's doing out there on the mound, only giving up two earned runs all season so far. He's going to be pitching again tonight. I think I might even turn that one on to check that out because his stuff this year has been phenomenal. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, what it would still be like if he was, if he was still in Cleveland right now. Jeez. Kanzi, yeah. what do you, wh- wh- who are you, who you got your eyes on, including the obvious? All right, so, so we know where I'm going to go with this. But oh, yeah. We'll start off with Kyle Lewis from, uh, from Seattle, uh, outfielder. Um, you know, the Mariners aren't lighting the world on fire. They're not setting the league on fire. But watching this guy is unbelievable. Ty B, you said he is 25 years old as a rookie, yep. is that, if, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a little older for a rookie. That's baseball, though. We talked about that. Yeah, but, I love Dennis Quaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but 39 hits, seven home runs, a 368 average. I was talking about Luis Robert for, uh, uh, for AL Rookie of the Year, but Kyle Lewis is coming on strong. And that's not to say that I don't still think Robert will win it, but I think Kyle Lewis is giving him a run for his money here. He's third in the league in batting average. He's second in hits behind Charlie Blackman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got 39. Blackman's got 45. So, you know, if your gauge is Charlie Blackman, you're doing pretty well. I mean, so. He's um, shown some, some deceptive power, too. I've seen him go opposite field. He's looking very good there. I love what he what he has to show. They've got some good uh, young players <laughs> in the next couple of years in that in that pipeline. So it, Seattle will be a team to watch. Not you know not right away, but they're starting to get some of those names there. And when when Lewis swings the bat, it sounds like a firecracker. I love it. Every time he swings with yep. so much authority and whip and velocity, it's beautiful. I love it. No doubt about it. A lot to watch there. I'll be keeping my eye on. I mean, obviously we had the early run at. Uh, 400, which Charlie Blackman is still at 405, but he's no longer the top hitter in the MLB amongst qualified batters. DJ LeMahieu, 411. So very interesting to see there. Obviously, Kyle Lewis as well at 368, a very strong showing. But the one number as far as stat I'm looking at is can a pitcher finish the year with a sub-1 ERA? 
because I feel like that would be incredible. Tybee, you talked about Trevor Bauer, 0.68 right now. Cons, your guy Bieber, ones across the board, 1.11. Then you got a couple other guys who are still, you know, relatively close. Max Freed for Atlanta at 1.32. The surprising one, and I'll be very interested to see if this guy can get to you, Lance Lynn at yeah. 1.37. And then a little bit of a jump, and you got you Darvish at 1.7. But I feel like you has some of that stuff that if he's clicking, he can put together a couple scoreless outings. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. And real quick, while we're just talking about individual performances, it's very easy to sign a big contract and just play average for the next part and blame it on the contract in a new city and bright lights. But Mookie Betts, second in the league in bombs right now, still playing very well. So you got to give the guy credit. I mean, he had every excuse to kind of be average with Bellinger and that loaded lineup. But – He's showing out. Obviously, that that is a pro for him as well. I'm not, you know, blind to that, but very interesting to see. Speaking of interesting to see or not interesting to see, depending on your perspective, the unwritten rules of baseball. We were talking. We were talking in the pre-show about it. I think we're all kind of on the same page. But I'll let Ty B start off on this one, and we can go around the horn. Is there anything more silly than these unwritten rules of baseball at this juncture in 2020? as the Jays take a 6-4 lead at the top of the ninth. Ooh, thank gosh. Um, I saw that the, I saw that the uh, Rays were getting a little closer there, so I was getting nervous. Yeah, they, yeah Dolas gave us a scare last inning, but they got out yeah. of it. Yeah, Gritchick left the game with back tightness, too. So. Ooh. You know, I'll, I'll send ahead. him to my chiropractor. He does my nose this. is running. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely forgot what we were talking about now. Uh, we were talking about uh, unwritten rules of baseball. So, yeah, no, most of them are, are silly. Like, when it comes to the point of taking the fun out of the game, that's where it gets ridiculous. Like, I get sort of the unwritten rules in there to police yourselves, uh, similar to as it is in hockey, like not taking shots from behind, shots at guys' heads, things like that, like hitting the captain high. Like, you're going to have to answer for those sorts of things. I guess, like, that can still be in baseball. Like, you go in dirty on a slide. Like, you might, you know, throw behind someone. Like, if you chase Utley something, that's that's a totally fine <laughs> that's, that's different. But just to throw at someone high and in because they crushed a home run on you, like, suck it up. Throw a better pitch. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. You got to be better sometimes. And some of these guys, like, you're a professional athlete. You're held to the highest standard possible within this game. You have to live up to it at some point. I know the pressure is huge on all these guys, but you're signing up for that when you're signing these contracts. You know what you're getting yourself into. So let's enjoy it while you got while these guys can, because they're not all going to be there forever. Um, have fun with it. But you know some of the stuff like. I, I would never bunt to break up someone's no hitter. I would never do that. Like if I'm going to get on, it's going to be fair and square. Like I would never do something like that, but how about when that guy like leaned that, in, in? How about when that guy leaned into uh Scherzer and at his perfect game, ninth inning with two outs, he just gave a little elbow out there and nipped him. It was like, it was like basically four inches in off the plate and yeah. he leaned into it. Yeah. Unreal. I, I would never, never do something like that. I'm, I'm always taking anything if it's at me, but I'm not leaning into nothing. Yeah, so I, I think I think there's certain unwritten rules that help the game. There's pros to it and there's cons. Uh, wow. So I think that's the, just great branding right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> the pros of it are things that we're seeing, like with the Astros. It has to some unwritten rules police the game. For example, if you're going to cheat, we're going to throw behind you because it's you know that that's that's part of the game. You know, if you want to consider that an unwritten rule, we'll say 
you know, there's things like that. There's also, um, you know, you know, things like Ty B was talking about, you know, the bunts and stuff. I guess it depends on what you're after and what rule you want to insert where. Um, the cons of it, though, uh, with these unwritten rules is like we mentioned, even with like the 3-0 Grand Slam. Okay. The Rangers want to complain about that. Yet the year before, um, was, it, was, it Mark, was it Mark Pryor or Mike Pryor? They uh, dropped a fly ball so he could get his 200. Oh, strikeout. Mike Miner. Mike yeah, Miner. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. My, uh, my no, no my you're minor. absolutely yeah. right. That so, is to be in a tizzy yeah. over a grand slam on 3-0 and to drop a fly ball on purpose. For and the then, only purpose to get a guy a 200 strikeout right. is, is ridiculous. And then a while back, you want to talk about running up the score, you blew out the Orioles 30-3. to So my point is, is like the unwritten rules, there's some unwritten rules that need to be there there's some that you just need to just say uh, it's not worth it. Like a three Oh grand slam or, you know, other things, but it depends. I can't sit here and say that I haven't been mad that someone hit a three Oh grand slam off my little league team or something. I mean, when you're <laughs> on the other end of it, it stinks. It sucks. You don't want it. But when it, when you do it, it's such a great feeling because baseball is about showmanship. You know, you're a team, but it's an ego driven sport. You are, you're at the plate by yourself. No one else can help you swing mm -hmm. a baseball bat. You have to be cocky. You have to be arrogant. It's the whole point of playing baseball. You're so. right. <laughs> I don't know how it transitioned to being cocky is the whole point of playing baseball, but we got there somehow. Yeah. Uh, kudos to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're all basically on the same page there, if not at least in the same chapter as far as the unwritten rules. So we are winding down here, but before we do, you have any award front runners for the rookie of the year, Cy Young or MVP? Any, any picks for these? I'll let, I'll let either of you team up if you got it. Cy Young, I'm going Bieber and Bauer right now. I think that those are kind of obvious choices off the, off the jump. I, I, like, you got a ton of good guys in the NL right now, but, like, what Bauer's doing, if he's able to keep that up, obviously he's only had, I think, four starts compared to a couple more for some of the other guys. But what he's done so far has been phenomenal. Um, I think Mookie might be up there in the running for that NL MVP with what he's doing out there. Um, if Blackman could turn that team around and get into the playoffs, he could be in that consideration. Um, AL MVP, like, I, I think, you know, that that's something for the next couple of years that's going to be up for up for debate because, you know, Trout can still put together crazy seasons. And if he doesn't get in the playoffs, you know, how much does it really mean when some of these other guys are getting their teams <laughs> those extra couple wins that get them there, get them the division, et cetera. So I think that's going to be something fun to watch and monitor this last month. It's a yeah. great point. From, from one Bieber to another, every, everybody <laughs> strikes out. Sometimes, you know, what else can you do when that fastball is pounding the zone? Shane Bieber is unbelievable. And I'll tell you why he's my, AL. I almost just retired from bias, but I'm back. You brought me back in the same, <laughs> in the same, the same breath. Here is why he's my front runner right now for AL Cy Young. Stats aside, I mean, MLB shortened season. When you have a 162-game season, you have all this film that you can study, you can tweak your swing. These hitters don't have that luxury this year because it's a shortened season. He, there's two pitchers in the MLB that I've watched closely, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. And the mm -hmm. two things that those pitchers do well is when they throw their off-speed pitch, it's the same arm angle. So instead of being all the way out here, it's the same. It comes out like a fastball every time but you don't know what, what the break is on it. And Terry Francona said this. He said, the coolest thing about Bieber is you don't know what pitch he's going to throw, and that's why he's so effective. So these hitters, it's already a mind game for them. It's a shortened season. There's all this built-up anxiety. How are they going to adjust? They may not ever adjust. 
The guy's got 54 strikeouts, which, by the way, my prediction was by mid-August he'd have 54 or 50. He's at 54. He's the most since Pedro Martinez in two, 2001 to do that. And his strikeout rate's gone from 24.3% to 42.9%. So, I mean, can it's anybody, alarming. I mean, can so basically, when you, this guy? when you go up, you're basically 50 50 to and strike out. I, I think he's only 25, too. Yeah. And the cool thing is, he's toying with people, too. Like, he's so calm on the mound, but like, you watch him, he go, he'll go down 2-0, and the guy will be like, I'm going to walk. I, I got him. I'm going to walk. And then he just fires off, snaps off two lampshade curveballs, and he's back 2-2. That's unbelievable. Just impressive to see. That's my AL Cy Young front runner front right now. So, Speaking you know. of curveballs, one shout-out, Zach Greinke for the 57-mile-per-hour curveball calling his own pitch the other day. Love to see that. I love to see a good EFAS pitch. Was that a curveball or an EFAS? No, it was a curveball. Yeah, he was oh calling it. Oh, my gosh. That. Yeah. He's, he, he's quite the character, isn't he? I've never liked Granky, but he's quite the character. Let me tell you, he really, he really is. I mean, I feel like his personality is fun. very endearing. If you're, if you're like on his team too, yeah. No, well, I guess he's like the Brad Marchand of baseball, kind of right? No, if he's I think that's fair. Team. Talented, if, yeah. like yeah, kind of an enigma. He had that huge contract back in the day. Was it like seven years, two ten? Back like yeah. before they were getting that money. Something, yeah. W- wouldn't come to the Yankees. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Huh. I'm about to hit I'm about to hit free agency in the show. I'm not not even sniffing a Yankees contract. Sorry, oh, boys. We're gonna pretend we didn't hear that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, boys indeed. And it's been 60 days of summer brought to you by Posdi Electric, 716-698-2711. Gents, don't mean to kick us off, but anything we want to get to before we sign off here. Great night of baseball ahead Monday night. Sports are Sports are great. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm just excited to get back to Seneca One Tower. Going to be lots of fun. Lots of great Blue Jays games coming up. You got uh, the Red Sox coming in town. The Yankees coming to town twice in September. So it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a run to that wild card for the Jays. One last thing. I mean, it's been great being in Seneca One Tower to cover these games. And the Red Sox come to town. And I wouldn't be surprised if sparks fly. Honestly, I think we're going to see a lot of home runs this week. From the Blue Jays. So wow, hopefully. we are going to see Only. some sparks from the Blue Jays. Obviously, there's one more thing that, you know, we've got to say before we sign up. We got the Blue Jays at the bottom of the ninth as we record here. Are you singing? You singing the song? Let's, let's, let's play, play. <laughs> Is that a seagull? Is that the seagull mix, unfortunately? But as you know, it's six days of summer. It's positive electric. It's great baseball takes. Huge shout out to Konzi. Follow him at, at Joe Cons Jr. J O E K O N Z E Jr. on Twitter. Go give our guy Ty B a follow at T Y B U F F A L O on Maniac. And it's 60 days of summer, folks. Let's play, play ball. Oh.